You've already got the intro written and everything. I do. I thought about changing the name of the show, of the episode. Oh. I got two two to run by you. Okay. I find tinsel distracting. Okay. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Option two. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Hey everyone, today Bruce and I give you all a fresh perspective on the 2,000 plus year old Christmas story and we also pay homage to a little different but pretty fun December celebration, so stick around to the end. Merry Christmas and please enjoy episode 9 of the Ministry of Freedom show. have already started and who knows what, how much you're going to put on the thing. But I was listening to Jocko the other day and I thought, how funny would it be to say, this is episode nine of the Ministry of Freedom show. I'm Jim Motes. That's Bruce Coddington. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working on that voice. <laughs> I love it. I don't think I'm going to do it too uh, much though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is our Christmas show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's coming out the 19th. Yeah. So the Tuesday before Christmas. So it was on my heart to discuss the Christmas story, not the movie. You know, no, the, you know the movie. Shoot your eye out. Correct. You will shoot your eye out. <laughs> so not the movie, but the actual Christmas story from the Bible and to highlight an important player who may be forgotten by a lot of us. This Christmas story would be quite different if not for this noble man. Um, He's obedient. He's faithful. He is Joseph. And biblically, he's referred to as Joseph the carpenter because there's a lot of Josephs. Oh, yeah. Who knew? So he's Joseph the carpenter. I like carpenters. Yeah, we all do. Joseph the carpenter, whose boldness and courage would change the course of history. I think the episode will be something that the audience and loved ones could discuss as a family without it being political, overtly religious, and there's really not a lot of contention in this message, right? right? Christmas doesn't have to be, well, it at this point does have to be commercial, but because it's presidents and all that, but there is a real Bible story too. And I think even, um, I, I remember growing up, we never really heard what Christmas was about. It was about presents and is we celebrate Jesus's birthday. I didn't really understand what that meant. I mean, mm -hmm. that's fine. I get presents and there's Santa and whatever. So I think it's a unique lens to see the Christmas story. So let's dive in. Love it. I'm going to read a lot directly from the Bible, which is something we haven't done a lot of. We usually pull out a scripture or two, but I'm going to read um, a little bit of the story because I think it's fun to hear. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter one, verse 18. So the beginning of the new Testament all the way through Matthew chapter two, and we can pause throughout. We can discuss anything we want to highlight or whatever um, for us or for the audience's benefit or, or whatever. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, the longest uh, section uh, the, so far. Right. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of Bible reading. So here we go. Should probably put these on. <laughs> Tried to make my font big enough to where I wouldn't need the glasses. And as I sit here, I'm like, dang it. It's the softer lighting. It's it's there you go. Taking extreme ownership though. It's okay. not the lighting. Okay, you're right. So Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. 
This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Let's unpack a couple things in there. It's crazy. So, Mary, at this point, teenage girl, I don't know exactly. I think, you know, I've read she's 14, she's 15, so she's young. Oh, wow. Which was as typical back then. Mm -hmm. So, Joseph and she were not yet married. They hadn't had sex or been together in that way. She's pregnant. So that's a problem mm-hmm. for him. It would be a problem for, for me. Right. Yeah. That, that would raise a red flag for me. So his uh, his plan is he's just going to divorce her quietly. He's not interested in putting her on blast and running her through the streets and shaming her. And he's like, look, I'm just, we're going to part ways. I don't want to disgrace you. Let's just go about our separate ways. That says a lot about him. For sure. It's one of the great things about Joseph is especially in that time, men were thought of as super elevated and he, it would have been within his quote unquote rights to really try to wreck this young girl. Right. And who knows how long they dated? Were they super in love? I don't know how relationships went back then, but at least he cared enough about her as a person that he's not going to do that. Anytime he's got, you see men with that kind of power, they could do blank when they were perceived they've been wrong and they choose not to, I think that's, that's pretty strong character. Yeah. And I think back then uh, the, the marriage was actually decided by the families. Yeah. That themselves. makes sense. Yeah. And then, then they meet and then they agree on, on that. Yeah. And then, then that's well, what's considered the engagement. And you know what? I bet they batted at least as good as we do in the way we do marriage. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Probably it, even better. Right. Probably over 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll pick up in verse 20. After he had considered all of this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Okay. So he's having a dream. That's basically what happened to this guy, mm-hmm. right? He's having a dream and he believes an angel is speaking to him. And it's interesting because the first thing the angel says is, man, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid to marry her. He's like, oh boy. Okay. So I found that interesting. And he also tells him, hey, she's going to give you a son and here's what you're going to name him. So he's got it all laid out for him. Wow. Crazy. I don't even like people telling me what I'm going to have for breakfast. Right. (laughs) So we're going to talk. We'll unpack that because he's an obedient cat. Mm -hmm. We struggle with obedience, especially this immediate obedience that we're going to touch on with Joseph. Because I know for me, my initial reaction, no matter if somebody tells me something, it's probably even not that big a deal or is probably okay with me. I'm like, hold on. What do you tell Tell me what to do. <laughs> right. I want to do the exact yeah. opposite. You seem Immediately. Here's some water. Why do you think I'm thirsty? Right. What's, you telling me to, what's is wrong with us, man? I don't know. You know. We're not Joseph enough. We're not. That's what's wrong with us. It is. We're going to work on that. This, the next few pieces of scripture refer back a lot to the Old Testament prophecies. So, a good portion of the Old Testament, there's there's sections of it that are the books of the prophets. And these are dudes who 
I guess they're prophets who can foretell the future and they put this stuff in print. And those were the prophecies that the people of Jesus's time relied on and knew about because they were familiar with the Old Testament scriptures or as they called them then, the the scriptures. The, yeah. Yeah. Jewish law. I don't, I don't know what they called them, but that's the what we call now the Old Testament. These folks were familiar with. They called the Testament. There you go. <laughs> that would be funny if that were true. <laughs> so there, these people are familiar with these writings and it's like, it's so generation to generation, they, they know these stories and these writings and they know these prophecies. So each generation, they have more anticipation of, hey, is it in my time? Are these prophecies going to come true? Because it's a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. So we pick up in verse 22, all of this took place. So that the dream and all of these things, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Isaiah wrote that 700 years before this time. So for 700 years, people are being told about a lot of generations of Isaiah talking about a virgin's going to give birth to a boy. And so this is yeah. a prophecy fulfilled. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So great example of immediate obedience. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. Wow. Man. Good on him. Gotta wonder what was going through his head. And like his buddies. Yeah. Right? Because you right. know he's got buddies. They're hanging out and you're after the day of doing carpenter stuff. Right? He's like, dude, are you Joseph? Come on, man. This chick's yeah. pregnant. You're going to marry her still? He's like, well, yeah. I mean, well, why? Well, an angel came to me, told me to. I'm going to name him uh, Jesus, and he's going to save the world from their sins. It's going to be cool. So I don't need your guys' input and opinion. I got it handled. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay, dude. <laughs> Super similar, as we discussed in the first episode of the podcast, when I told people that I was going to do this show. Very similar. Oh, okay, man. Well, yep. Okay. Good luck, Jim. Good on you, Joseph. Hope that works out. Your Holy Spirit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out it did work out, but I'm sure people weren't just, oh, that's awesome. Right? All the family members counting the months. Right. <laughs> the kind of looks at dinners, yeah. looking over at Mary like she's a hussy. <laughs> wow. All right. So now we're in Matthew chapter two. The Magi visit the Messiah. So Magi, right? That's how we're saying that? I think so. It's like the wise men. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what, yes. They're the kind of magicians. Yep. The Magi. Magi. Yeah, that's what we're going with. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And then we go to another prophecy in verse six from Micah, another prophet, 720 years before. So about 20-ish years before Isaiah's thing about the virgin birth, Micah's 
saying this, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Another prophecy. It's kind of coming true. Mm -hmm. There's a lot in, in what we just read, though. So this King Herod's freaked out. Oh yeah. Because they, if they believe these prophecies and now it's kind of coming together and this is going to jack up his rule. This is the status quo getting messed with. Look, I like yep. my life. I'm in charge. We've got this thing on lock and now all this is happening. So he's instantly freaked out. Cause they, they always, they associated it militarily. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he thought it was going to be a takeover. Everything was a threat and the coup around every corner and right. Yep. Man. Then. Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. So that's a lie, mm -hmm. right? He's like, hey, I want to just tell me where this, this is going to be because I want to go worship too. He not interested in worshiping as we're about to find out, right? After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. What are the three gifts, Bruce? Do you know? Yeah, it's in front of me, so I feel oh, like I'm cheating. Yeah. So gold, gold frankincense, frankincense, and myrrh. And myrrh. And we can break those down. No one knows what myrrh is. I almost said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. That's good, that's too. That's the other third. That is. <laughs> so the three things. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Apparently, these are things of value. Uh, I'll right? take all the gold you want to give me. I don't know how yep. much frankincense and myrrh I need in my life, well, but maybe then, a lot. Back then, it was good, yeah. Probably because there were herbs. Oh, okay, cool. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the Magi followed the star, found Jesus and Mary and gave him gifts and worshiped him and they're out. Yep. Yep. So now we're going the escape to Egypt. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So here we go again. Another dream, more angels. They tell him, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. Okay. So what does he do? He got up took the child and his mother during the night and they left for Egypt. More immediate obedience. Now, this is a little more pressing because if he's not immediately obedient here, there's going to be problems. Right. So they left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. So this is Hosea, another prophet, 720 years prior. Out of Egypt, I called my son. So they're going to Egypt because of all these circumstances. And this is inferred that another prophecy was fulfilled. Wow. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. I bet. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he'd learned from the Magi. Nuts. He's yeah. so freaked out. He's like, okay, they're in this general area. And I know from the timing, there's no way this boy is more than two years old. So I'm going to cover all my bases here. Every male, two years and younger is getting killed. Yeah. Which means four, like almost every four year old. And yeah. Because they're not like, okay, what's your, where's your birth certificate? Yeah, right. If there's a chance this kid's two. <laughs> so just think of that. 
the soldiers that would that carried had, it out. They carried it out. Now we talk about had to carry it out, mm-hmm. and that's where there's a there's a lot of talk in in even our modern society. Even go back to not necessarily soldiers, but cops, like during COVID and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, a cop has to walk in and shut down grandma's business and arrest her. Does he? Right. Does she? Well, I was told to, but do you? I, so I, that that's that's way tougher than shutting down somebody's business. Now your your boss is telling you, oh yeah, today we're gonna go kill a bunch of kids. Nope. I would hope so. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. So we've got another prophecy here. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So this was 500 years prior to this, that according to the scripture, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied that there was going to be all this massive death of these infants. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So here we go. Dream three. Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So, okay. So they're, they're here. Then they escaped here. Now they're going to, okay, he's dead. Now I need you to get up and take him back to, back to Israel. Okay. So, so here he goes. So to Joseph, angels started becoming the person when they visit. He's like, oh, no. Great. Right. Call now, the movers. Yeah. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Can't you just leave me alone? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I dream? Of, I can't have a nightmare. Right. Right. <laughs> Every time I see you, I have to do yeah. a, a, like yeah. a massive thing. No. Yeah. The relocation angel. <laughs> what is going on? It's, yeah, it's no short trek by foot. Yeah, exactly. Pulling the stuff and. Yeah. All right, so what did he do then, Bruce? What do you think? He got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. So again, immediate obedience, man. This guy's on it. When he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, okay, so uh, another type of dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So he had... The first dream told him, go to this very, just go to Israel. Then he has another dream. He's like, hey, I'm kind of this not feeling good. So we're going to go over here and we're going to go to Galilee and Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. That's pretty interesting. So there's the Christmas story. Now the, in Matthew after chapter two, I got my trusty man's Bible over here. It goes right in, okay, John the Baptist comes on the scene, and then shortly after that, Jesus is baptized, goes about and starts his three-year ministry, and then there's the whole cross and Easter and all that kind of stuff, and that'll take us into the spring. So there's the Christmas story. Joseph, thoughts? Obedient. What a dude. Yeah, pretty good cat. Yeah. I mean, my the comical side of me is imagining him waking up and just grumbling under too. His, and just trudging through it and saying, okay, yeah. this is what I got to do. Yeah. And there's just the, the serious sense of responsibility yeah. um, over, over his family. I think that we make the assumption that he was overjoyed every time this stuff happened. Right. There was grumbling. I, for sure. Because like you said, this isn't called two men in a truck. Right. Right. Yeah. This yeah. isn't two shepherds in a wagon. It's pain. I mean, it's seriously painful. And and also just, you know, as a as a father, I mean, uh, 
anytime you have to take your entire family through something that could be dangerous, even if it's just a drive in a like drive snow across country or, in a snowstorm, yeah. yeah, it's a serious anxiety. Yeah. No I more anxiety that, because you don't want to be the person that's responsible for your family any sort of injury for in, into your family or anything uh, it's a just a it's a massive responsibility it's a good and to word have it forced upon you yeah right and not like cuz yeah. there's trips i've taken where we decided where i like yeah. i made but to have somebody come and say no no you need to go and take your family through this massively dangerous yeah. trek because staying here is is worse and being the leader of the family, that's probably not an easy speech either for Joseph because he says, good morning, everyone. How's breakfast? Oh, good. Well, I had another dream. <laughs> right. Right. Mary's probably like, man, what is going on? Um, so there's a few things that I that came to, to my heart as I was putting this together. So what are some traits that we could strive to emulate if we're serious about optimizing our lives? So. The reason I wanted to talk about Joseph is I think there's things in Joseph's example that help us be optimized. Okay. Faithfulness. He's courageous. Yeah, definitely. Boldness in the face of probable ridicule. Obedient to God's direction. And most importantly, the picture I get from these scriptures is of a dude whose sole focus is to direct, protect, and provide for this family. Man, that's the job description, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What's it mean to be a man? What's it mean to be a father? And what, that's it. You can really describe that pretty easily. You have boys mm -hmm. and they're now men. Yep. And so what's their mission? Direct, protect, and provide. And not just for your family, for those in your sphere of influence, for anybody that needs Directing, provision, right? Right? Protection, provision, direction. Those are things that men provide. There's a pretty neat, I'm going to read this deal directly from the Bible. There's a commentary that was written about Joseph and it's called the man God picked. So I thought it's worth reading. What sort of man would God pick to rear his one and only son, Jesus Christ, the savior of the world? Would the man have to wield great influence, amass tremendous political power, accumulate fantastic riches? No, no, and no. God's requirements came down to these two items. He had to be a direct descendant of David, and he had to follow directions. Joseph, a Jewish carpenter, fit both requirements. He traced his lineage to his famous forebear, King David, and he made it a habit to obey God in all matters, small and large. So Joseph was a descendant of David, of yep. David and Goliath fame. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Scripture doesn't tell us a lot about Joseph. He comes on the scene abruptly at the beginning of the gospel story. We learn he's faithful to the law and that he works as a carpenter. He plans to marry a young woman named Mary. But when he discovers that she's carrying someone else's child, he decides to break the engagement quietly. How did Joseph find out about the pregnancy? Did his fiance tell him directly? Did he hear the shocking news through friends or family? Did he wonder, well, if God could send an angel to her, why couldn't he bother to send one to tell me? Whatever the case, he made up his mind to distance himself from Mary. And then a second shock took place. 
God did let Joseph in on the divine secret. An angel appeared in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. What is conceived is hers from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son. You're to name him Jesus. The angel offered no explanation. He gave no apology, no further instructions or communiques of any kind. And yet Joseph hurried to comply with God's command. He immediately took Mary home to be his wife, his wife and named her son Jesus the moment he was born. At least three other times, Joseph got instructions from an angel in a dream. All three times, he immediately complied. Today's readers might think, hey, if I got a message from an angel, I'd listen too. Really? Not everyone in the Bible did. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon ignored the dream God sent him. The Roman governor of Jesus' day, Pontius Pilate, ignored the dream God sent to his wife, and he ended up condemning to death the man God had sent to bring life. Joseph, however, leapt to do God's bidding in both the small stuff and the big stuff. That's the kind of man God looked for to rock his son's cradle. It's still the kind of man he seeks to rock the world. Wow. Good, huh? It's a good commentary. It is. Yeah, because that's true. Um, and, and we're just talking, we're literally just talking about that um, previously when everybody's talking about AI right now, taking the truck driver's jobs. And I fully believe that it's going to take more, it's going to take more administrative people's jobs yeah. than anybody's. Um, it's going to be the people that are working with their hands that are going to come out in in the best way. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to tie that all together, but uh, it's, it's almost as if those are the chosen people. Yep. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, and, and for a time have been marginalized and yes, um, I think young people aren't going into trades and there's, how is our world without plumbers? Right. What are we doing? You need plumbers, <laughs> electricians, right? carpenters, Builders, craftsmen. Yeah, I agree. That's the Christmas story. And it's I just, Christmas story. I, wanted, I wanted to give the audience some different perspective, at least to consider. Because what? who's the star? Well, Mary's kind of a big deal. And there's Jesus born in the cradle. And, the, you know, the, the, and they're all big deals. Yeah. They are. Yeah, the nativity scene. The and shepherds. All, all yep. that stuff is, you know, it's, it's a neat story. And, and we're going to be in church and celebrating it. And there's plays and all that kind of stuff. And who's not going to get the consideration to him? And it's Joseph. So I just wanted to give a, a different perspective. Anything else before we jump into... A real holiday celebration? <laughs> no, I think this is fantastic. Uh, Joseph has always been a hero of mine. So um, to do a little bit deeper dive into the man he was, um, it, that was a great idea. Yeah, it was fun. Appreciate you doing it with me. Is it time? I've been waiting eagerly. Oh, really? I've been trying to race through the... <laughs> the episode to get to this. I hope I didn't sound overly fast paced because man, I'm ready to get, it's getting, this is coming out on the 19th and this is prime Festivus season. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I haven't celebrated Festivus in years. What is your interest? Well, just tell me everything. Huh? Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. I went to buy a doll for my son. Him, I realized there had to be another way. <laughs> what happened to the doll? It was destroyed. And he goes, as I was raining blows down upon him. 
<laughs> it's so good. He <laughs> doesn't even say that there's a discussion. Huh. It just went right yeah, into right into. I'm punching him. Yeah. <laughs> a new holiday was born. A festivus for the rest of us. That must have been some kind of doll. And at the festivus dinner, <laughs> you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No. Instead, there's a pole. Requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. Frank, this new holiday of yours is scratching me right where I itch. <laughs> Let's do it then. All right. Festivus is back. I'll get the pole out of the crawl space. Well, happy Festivus. What is that? Is that the pole? George, Festivus is your heritage. It's part of who you are. That's why I hate it. It's a big dinner Tuesday night at Frank's house. Everyone's invited. What's up with the thermos? George. Why does George have cufflinks? <laughs> That's true. Does he work? I don't know at this point. About the old tech, the we tape player. Right, the tape player. Kruger. Well, sir, I, I gave out the fake card because um, I don't really celebrate Christmas. I um, I celebrate Festivus. Feminist. Festivus, sir. And uh, I was afraid that I would be persecuted for my beliefs. They drove my family out of Bayside, sir. You making all this up, too? Oh, no, sir. Festivus is all too real, and I could prove it if I have to. Yeah, you probably should. Happy Festivus! George, this is a surprise. Who's the suit? Yo, Dad, this is my boss, Mr. Kruger. Have you seen the pole, Cougar? Yeah, he doesn't need to see the pole. He calls him Cougar. <laughs> Happy Festivus! Oh, rough. Yeah. <laughs> time to go home. What are you doing here? Embracing my roots. It's made from aluminum. Very high strength to weight ratio. I find your belief system fascinating. <laughs> hey! Happy Festivus, everyone! <laughs> Hello again, Miss Bennis. What are you doing here? The stalkers. Thing. Uh, me and <laughs> really? Yeah. And ask you out, and uh, we got this bagel place. I told them I was just about to see you. It's a festivus miracle. <laughs> Let's begin. Welcome, newcomers. The tradition of festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're gonna hear about it. You, Kroger, my son tells me your company stinks. Oh, God. Why? We'll get yours in a minute. Kroger, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> and now, as Festus rolls on, we come to the feats of <laughs> this year, the honor goes to Mr. Kramer. Uh-oh. 
Oh, gee, Frank, I'm sorry. I gotta go. I have to work a double shift at H&H. &H. I thought you were on strike. Yeah, well, I caved. I mean, I really had to use their bathroom. <laughs> Frank, no offense, but this holiday's a little... out there. Kramer, you, you can't go. Who's gonna do the feats of strength? How about George? <laughs> Dude's got a flask. Yeah, he's all about it. Tell you he's George, there for the entertainment. He's having a blast. <laughs> oh, please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! I said take it, Georgie. Dude. What do you say? It's too much. <sighs> a Festivus for the rest of us. He invented it as he was beating down somebody Delivering for a blows. doll. Raining down blows. He's buying a doll. <laughs> Alright. Let's finish this thing up. Let people get on with their day. So remember to like the videos, subscribe, and remember to actually share the content with the one person we discussed last week. And if you haven't checked out last week's show, go do that. I'm passionate about using my resources and experiences to help people to stop drinking the poison of passivity and to become the optimized versions of themselves. And I ask the audience would please help me do that. Love it. Great show, buddy. Thanks, man.